Hey everyone and welcome to the Fidius Club. This show is entirely financed by our patrons at patreon.com slash the Fidius Club. If you enjoy it, if you have a couple of bucks to spare, just go check it out. The link is in the show notes. And this episode is for October 2019. We're going to be talking about Brexit. This is the first episode of a saga, which hopefully won't be too long, but who knows with Brexit. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phileas Club. This is not a regular show where we talk about the things that have been happening in the world with different people giving different perspectives. This is a special episode and the first of a saga, which will last I don't know how long. Uh, but until there is Brexit, this is going to be the Brexit saga. This is episode one. Um, hopefully, or I don't know, hopefully, but pos possibly there will be only two episodes in this saga. This one before and next month after. And we'll see if that actually happens. My name is Patrick Beja, and I have gathered a crack team of superhero British people, or is it UK people, or... I, I have no excuse idea. me. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I don't even know what UK, Britain, and things mean. Um, Bart from Ireland is here. Right. Yeah. I just. <laughs> I, I think you may have just trodden on a hundred years worth of history there by describing <laughs> Ireland as still being in the United Kingdom. That's you know teensy, adjacent, teensy bit of a adjacent, friendly, like slightly outside <laughs> of the Brexit drama, but still very, it's like your cousins. Is it cousin brothers? It, you're very close. We are, the French are we, the cousins. The, the, we are the only land border that that's, that's <laughs> and we have the minor problem of Northern Ireland. Right. Where half Completely. of the people in Northern Ireland think they're part of Ireland and half. Oops. You cut off. So you were saying half the Irish population thinks they're Irish. I mean, the Northern Ireland population thinks they're Irish and half of it thinks they're, what is it, British? Uh, British, yeah. So you unionists, you unionists right. who, very, who are extremely, who are probably more vehemently pro-Britain than a lot of people in Britain would be mm. because they, they feel, they're, you know, they're just, they're very, 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 very strongly unionist. Right, and then the Republican population, and with the Good Friday Agreement, they sort of they can have Irish passports. They are aware that they live in the UK, but they are also a member. They are also Irish, as in they carry an Irish passport with a harp. So, and they share that physical space. And the island of Ireland was only partitioned a century ago, ish. So mm. the infrastructure and everything about that border is very artificial. It's not like the border between countries that have had borders for centuries where there's only like five or six crossing points. Everything about that border is is as if you just randomly drew a line. I mean, just pick, you know, in France, just randomly draw a line through a few counter or through a few arrondissements or whatever and just say, now there's a border here. Like, you know, agricultural produce may cross that border three or four times before it goes <laughs> from farm to place. Like, I mean, it's right. just... It, it, that is why the Irish government 
are making such a big deal of this. You have the whole Good Friday Agreement relying on there being cross-border institutions. A whole bunch of things are run between the two governments. And that's why Europe are supporting Ireland in the fact that whatever happens, that border has to be dealt with. And that of everything course, which in the is, last three I mean, years has hovered around that border. It, that we we started uh, we're we're starting with the biggest issue of the entire thing essentially, which is that Irish yeah. border. Let me introduce the other guests um, before we keep talking about this uh, amazingly simple topic. Uh, Gareth on the other side is the resident pro Brexit Brexiter um, who is very kind and courageous to come and discuss things in this den of how would you describe Gareth people like the other <laughs> members of the panel who are the other members of the panel they're, they're just they're just the same people just with a different opinion you know who given the same the same facts or similar facts have just drawn a slightly different line I guess mm. um well, I, I hope. <laughs> anyway, so um, you know, uh, I don't. I don't think anybody's unreasonable. I don't think anybody's anybody's you know making decisions based on anything silly. We just need to, um, yeah, which yeah. Is different. Okay, that's fair. That's <laughs> yeah. very fair. And for for clarity, Patrick, I don't. I wouldn't be particularly anti-Brexit. I, I'm not, I don't have a, a strong opinion of what Britain should do. My only strong opinion is that whatever happens, it needs to be done in an orderly and sane way. So if Britain mm. want to leave, great. Let's you know let let's facilitate that in a sane way. If Britain want to stay, probably better. But okay, you know. But I, I'm not pro or anti Brexit. I'm pro or anti crash out, and mm. I'm very much anti crash out. Mm. Yeah, I think that's also a fair uh, opinion. Uh, Bruce, you are in Scotland. Mm -hmm. Would you? I, I I get a feeling, a diffuse feeling. You are mm -hmm. uh, against Brexit. Would yes. what Bart uh, just said, meaning you could agree for with a Brexit if it was done in an orderly manner, would you would you agree with that, or is it still something you would not like to see, or you know you're strongly against? I think. Um, I maybe a little bit if if it had been arranged and done in a proper way and the politicians had got their asses in gear and and actually considered all the things that needed to be done and we had had a break maybe a definitely not a crash out i think that's the worst thing in the world to do um yeah i uh, i think i'm against it altogether but i could see reasons for maybe some of the institutions breaking off, maybe uh, having a little more control over the borders. But as we know, um, the UK already had control. Uh, so uh, put me on the firmly remain side, I think. Right. For the moment. Well, we are three weeks before the supposed uh, established date of the Brexit. And I'm... French. I didn't say my name. I'm Patrick, and I'm French, <laughs> and I uh, live in Finland. And at this point, I think my reaction to when people are talking about Brexit is more or less throwing my hands up in the air and going like, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know what's happening. Uh, Johnson is saying he wants to do it firm on the 31st of October. Um, it, that's my understanding. And he wanted to 
<laughs> disband parliament for a few weeks before it. I don't know if that actually happened. I think the the queen signed it because she had to, of course. Uh, but I don't know if it if it was repealed or uh, cancelled. Um, and I, I don't know where things stand. My impression is that the country is extremely not ready for Brexit. Uh, Johnson wants to do it anyway. I wonder if the parliament has to vote on it still for it to happen. And if they do, will they? So I guess my first question is, um, it's going to be that. Does something still need to be approved in by someone in order for Brexit to actually happen on the 31st? Or is it going to happen because Johnson says it will, has decided, you know, and, and the decision rests with him? Wants it's the other way around, that. isn't it? Isn't it? I have Europe? no idea. My understanding is Britain triggered Article 50. The deadline was initially March of, is it it's March of last year at this stage, isn't it? It's been pretty well extended so often. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they've been given a number of extensions. But the default, if nothing happens, if no one touches any legal buttons, if everything just carries on, Britain will fall out on the 31st of October. So no okay. action means Brexit 31st of October. Yeah, that's my understanding as well. So mm-hmm. uh, unless unless somebody goes to the EU and asks for an additional extension. Which the EU then we, have to agree to. Yeah, right. then, okay. then we're out on the 31st. So, oh my God. So can Parliament, Johnson <laughs> wants to, can Parliament compel him or someone to go and ask for an extension or is it done now if if johnson says sorry you elected me to do it we're going to do it then that's it yeah again uh, I, my understanding is that there was there was a vote in parliament and the decision was made that we could not go out without a deal which in theory means that johnson has to go and ask for an extension, but he's still saying, I'm not going to do it. Um, so, you know, I don't know whether that puts him in, I don't know, contempt of parliament. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know whether that's a okay. thing or not, but um, if if he decides not to go and do it, I don't know whether somebody else can do it on his behalf or, or, or what happens really, but um, <laughs> it's... I, I think it would put him in, him in, serious, in serious potential trouble if he doesn't go and do it, but it sort of sounds like that's his plan. It's, well, it's kind of, a constitutional crisis, right? Is what yeah, you're talking yeah, about. Exactly. With Parliament with two two branches of government having a disagreement, and Britain is in the slightly awkward situation of having an quote unquote unwritten constitution, mm-hmm. which has served well for many centuries, but in troubled times it can get a bit. How, how do you hold someone to account to something that isn't written down? It's just well, this isn't the done thing. Mm. It's yeah. Too, yeah, too, much, too much case law and not enough actual decisions being made by the people that should be making decisions. I think yeah. sums up <laughs> sums up a lot of the world's problems, <laughs> frankly. But <laughs> it's you know yeah. it's kind of surprising to me that even you three or I don't know two and a half if we only count half of the Irish dude as being concerned <laughs> with this issue. Um, two and a half of you don't really uh, actually understand what is happening there there are suppositions and partial understandings okay okay. from a european point of view we understand that perfectly Mm. unless britain agree to a deal or come and ask for an extension britain are leaving on the 31st there's no lack of clarity from where i'm sitting 
The mm. only lack of clarity is internally within the United Kingdom. Well, that's what and I mean. You you don't know. There's no plan. There's no clarity in the path. That. There's no clarity. We know that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's. See, right. So my big my big worry about this whole Brexit thing has always been right. So there's negotiations going on, and when you're mm-hmm. negotiating, everything you say to the public isn't an attempt to educate the public. It's an attempt to 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 favor yourself in the negotiation you're having. So literally everyone who is talking to us publicly is playing us for advantage in the negotiation they're in the middle of. Mm. So we can never know what's going on until that negotiation concludes. And, I, you know, so reading the tea leaves is, is, is pointless because we are literally being played by both sides. That's part of the negotiation process. So we are ignorant and there's no way around that. Um, Fair enough. Just, just if we go back to the legal where we stand on, on what's going to happen on October the 31st, um, we are... Uh, we are legally, uh, as things stand, we will drop out on the 31st, but um, Parliament did uh, pass legislation, I don't know, it was a little while back, um, in that if we don't have a deal by the 19th of October, Boris Johnson is um, obliged to write a letter to the EU asking for an extension. So that that okay. is currently in the law that he will have to do that. Now, he's come back and said he may not do that. Um, that would be illegal for him to do that because, you know, it's, it's been passed. But uh, who knows what he's going to do? Hmm. Um, the thing no, you have, right? So imagine a, a kid being told by a teacher to write an apology he doesn't believe. That's kind of <laughs> where we are here, right? Where yeah. Boris is legally required to write a letter asking for something he doesn't want. So how wholehearted will that application be and how Europe are aware he's writing a letter he doesn't want. So how likely are Europe to go along with it if they know this is just ticking the boxes? That's that's really interesting, actually. It could mean that if he actually writes the letter, he conforms to the um, letter, I, I suppose, uh, <laughs> of the law, but wants it to be rejected because he can write in a way that it, it's not going to be accepted. If he grandstands and says, I'm not going to do it, then it's illegal and it can be challenged and someone else can take over and he can actually make it so by grandstanding and not writing the letter, he can make it so he will be maybe ousted or replaced and the letter will be written in a more um, uh, uh, agreeable way to the EU and the extension could happen. So by not writing the letter, he could force the extension to be more likely to happen, I suppose, which could be interesting. Gareth, well, you were going to say something? Sorry. Uh, no, I was just kind of thinking, I, I don't really know what the ramifications are for 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 Boris if he doesn't. Do you know what? Uh, yeah. I, I, I've, never, he... I've never heard of a, a member of parliament not following a law that's been passed by parliament. I don't know whether, <laughs> you know, he gets a slap on the wrist. I don't know whether he gets locked up for life. Um, you know, sent to the Falkland Isles. I, I, I don't, <laughs> or worse, to to you know Australia. Um... Yeah, to go to the penal colony. Yeah. I, uh, so, you know, he might just be sat there thinking, well, do you know what? I've been told I've got to write this letter legally. I've got to write this letter, um, but I'm not going to. And what's actually going to be the ramifications? No, but that's what I'm saying. I think if he doesn't, then. It, it, since there is a legal, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, we, we don't know, but since there is a legal requirement to do it, if he doesn't, he forces the hand of 
I don't know, everyone to make a significant change, whereas he writes it and writes it poorly and can say, well, I wrote it. They said, no, what can I do? Now we have to Brexit. By writing it, he kind of makes it a smoother path towards a no-deal Brexit, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Ironically, yes, because Europe isn't going to give an extension just because, right? Europe yeah, exactly. isn't going to give there, an extension. There needs to be an plan. argument in the yeah, yeah. There, um, there is a, there is a situation where he could write it, send it, and then say to the EU leaders, "You need to reject that." Yeah, it's it's there's well, been worse I don't know things that, have happened in politics. I suppose, but I don't think the the EU leaders are going to take his call. Really, I mean, yes, no, they no. will, of course, but they're not going to. I think we're from an EU perspective, we're kind of. I don't want to say fed up, and and it's not like the thing is. I don't think any of the EU leaders are children, and they're not going to say, "Well, we don't want to talk to you anymore." But it's like there needs to be a modicum of order in the way things are done because the and they still want to make the best out of the situation i think um yeah if there is a way to find a deal i think they will be willing to do it if things are not you know are are done a little bit more properly than they have until now um I, I do want to ask each of you what the situation is from your point of view, both, you know, personal and your environment, your the, the context for where you are. Um, Bruce and Bart are relatively uh, pro-Remain. Uh, Gareth is pro-Exit uh, or Brexit, is a Brexiter. Um, Pro-Leave, that's what the term I was looking for. So I was wondering how to order things and uh i was very wary of you know making gareth kind of a uh uh, going first and then people would pile on or (laughs) going last and then it would seem like he was being bullied so i don't know i my conclusion was that we're going to be doing a a a leave sandwich a brexit sandwich (laughs) and go bruce first then gareth then bart so bruce what Do you, how are you? Um, what, what, how do you stand? How are things? Um, it's, it's interesting up here in Scotland, the way it's been seen right now is uh, a lot of people who were uh, very anti-Brexit have, are turning pro it, but not for the reasons you would think. Um, what's happening is, is the, the Scottish independent movement is growing more and more and more. And what is being said by the Scottish government, whether it's true or not, is that once, um, if if Scotland are pulled out of the EU against their will, because it has to be said that Scotland did vote to remain, every single council in Scotland voted to remain, um, even where I am now, which has got which is very got a lot of English people, because there's two two uh, bases here, and there's a lot to be lost if if the British left. Oh, sorry, the British, the English left. Um, you know, we're very, pro- they're, they're, they're sort of saying, well, okay, what you want to do in Westminster is your own deal. We've got Holyrood, which is the Scottish uh, Parliament, and they have control over quite a number of things, one of them being the NHS, which is working much better up here in Scotland than it does down in England. And as much as People might be against the SNP. They're not a nationalist party like any you've seen before. They're actually, um, they're actually very, 
they're very inclusive. Uh, I think is, okay. is is the word. I they love how careful don't... you're you're being with the terms you're choosing. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've been oh. um so so the the mood here is we don't want to leave Europe, uh, but the rest of the UK can can do one if if they're going to leave Europe. So and so the plan would be they leave and then we leave the UK and we stay in Europe, or it's like we we have so much autonomy that it doesn't matter. Um, I think the first thing you were saying there is that something would need to be negotiated, and the EU leaders have have pretty much said to uh, to Nicola Sturgeon that that um, that if Scotland wanted to apply to be in the EU after the UK left, they wouldn't be turned away. Uh, Wait is, a second, is, this is this is. It's actually being considered. I'm sure the EU will welcome Scotland with open arms, but it's not like the 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 Queen would let you go. I mean, maybe the Queen, but Johnson or the 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 UK, not the UK. Damn it! How do you mm -hmm. call the mainland? The the <laughs> that, that part, England. Um, England Nobody will let you knows. go, right? <laughs> Nobody knows. Well, what what I what I what I'll say to that is, um, as you know, I grew up in Zimbabwe, and before. I was born a long time before I was born. Uh, Zimbabwe or Rhodesia back then was part of the British Empire. And they did something called UDI, Unilateral uh, Declaration of Independence. Uh, so there's precedent for countries saying, we don't want to be a part of your big union anymore. Uh, we're going to leave and, and do it on our own, much, much like, much like the, uh, the UK want to do with Brexit. Mm. Um, and... I guess it would another... be it, it would yes. be a little bit strange for England to say no, you can't leave us when they just left the although it was done legally and with a lot of mm. uh, agreements and also the EU might have an issue with Scotland leaving the UK to join the EU because there are many regions in the EU that want to be autonomous, which countries of the EU don't want them to be autonomous. So I don't know. It's it becomes a bit complex, yeah. but in well, your mind, it's I... like. The, the, the are in your mind. It seems that in Scotland, there people are thinking, let's just go with the Brexit and then we'll do our thing. Well, the, the fact that, uh, and I'll, I'll repeat it again and again, the fact that Scotland overwhelmingly uh, voted to stay uh, and are being pulled out and that Boris Johnson has gone on record many, many times to say that he does, he pretty much doesn't care about Scotland. He thinks Scotland's a non-player. Uh, he might not be saying that now because he wants as much support as he can get. But um, but the, the the feeling here is that Westminster don't care about mm. Scotland uh, and uh, EU. We, we, there, there's a if we look at how the EU is standing behind uh, Ireland. Um, you know, there's a real, I don't know if it's true or not, Bart might be able to um, to back this up, but there's a real feeling that uh, the EU is standing behind Ireland and that there is a unity there that's not being seen in the UK. In the UK, Westminster are calling all the shots. They're not considering Wales or, or Scotland or Northern Ireland. Well, they are considering Northern Ireland because of the DUP, but they're, they're you know, they've become the power brokers in a way. Mm. Um But but Scotland itself is, I, you know, my personal opinion. I voted no for Scotland to go independent in 2014. I would I would change that to a yes at the drop of a hat now. Can I ask oh. something there? My my recollection of that referendum in 2014 was that mm -hmm. one of the major arguments in favour of remaining in the United Kingdom was that at that time 
Europe was saying that Scotland wouldn't just get automatically let in if they mm-hmm. left the UK, which is because of countries like Spain would put great pressure on Europe <laughs> exactly, not to let yeah. countries I, break I, away and jump straight in. I think so. The, this, is this that the difference? Like that? Yeah. That you. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. I, I, I. Sorry. I'm. I'm sort of preempting what you're saying, but um, Scotland, it, the, the situation's changed, and that's a simple fact. Is that. Uh, you know, there there are lots of people saying now, you look at the the propaganda. Yeah, it is propaganda from the 2014 election. They're saying stronger, stronger in the EU, stronger in Scotland, better, to, you know, in, in the UK, better together. And uh, now we, we voted to stay in the UK so that we were stronger in the EU. And uh, and that hasn't happened. Now we're getting mm. pulled out against our will. So it, so the situation has changed. Is Boris Johnson behaving like the stereotype of a British Tory prime minister who doesn't care about the regions? Uh, Is he seen like that? Because a lot of the rhetoric I heard in 2014 was that, you know, the Brits only pretend, you know, the the English only pretend to care about the Scots and the Welsh and the Irish. Mm -hmm. And that's why this isn't a real union. And uh, David Cameron put a lot of effort into the charm offensive. No, 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 no. The whole of the UK is important to us. And now it's like yeah. every caricature thrown against the Tories in 2014 in favour of leaving seems to be coming true as I'm looking at it from outside. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, it, it it's very much feels like that now. It feels like the uh, there is a splinter. I think that there is a splintering of the United Kingdom and I think it's going to happen. And uh, I, I've gotten an, a friend who's from Northern Ireland and she is... She's hopeful that there might be a unification of Ireland from all of this. So mm. I'd, whether that so, happens or not, I think that's a complicated situation. There's a path to that, but it's far from certain. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. feels like the something that was mentioned as not not even a joke, but like something that is barely conceivable in your mind, which is, you know, the UK breaking off, is now mm-hmm. not possible, but seems like it's being considered like a more likely possibility, which is, it was completely unthinkable a few, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, all right, before I move on to Gareth, mm-hmm. the the question I think I'm going to ask all three of you, how likely do you think it is Brexit will happen at the end of the month? Uh, my opinion is it won't. I'm pretty, okay. I'm not 90% sure it won't. All right. Gareth. Hey, morning. How's it going? <laughs> Good for you. Uh, uh, I'm I, well. I'm not concerned with your issues uh, very directly, so I'm okay. Um, <laughs> except, see, so okay. This is how wonderful Finland is. Uh, the fiber internet connection stopped working just before we would do the show. And so I had to use the 4G connection that I have here in the middle of the forest. And we had some issues at the beginning of the show, but now it's working very, very well. So this is the level of um, lifestyle I have. This is my concern. My fiber connection in the middle of the forest isn't working. So I have to use my 4G connection and it's inconvenient, my unlimited 4G connection. So I'm going fine. Thanks, Gareth, for asking. Super. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've explained on the show a few times um, why and how you came to the conclusion that you were um, you were for uh, the UK leaving the EU. So I'm not going to ask you to go over that again. I think you made um, very 
interesting arguments about what, how you came to that conclusion. Um, but how do you feel now about all of this and what's the mood around you? Same question as uh, to Bruce. Yeah, so I, I kind of part of and I know it's going back over what I've said previously but part of part of my reasoning was that I'm sort of a little bit fed up with with politicians saying things and doing things and then not actually doing what they're saying they're going to do um so I and again this is a really unpopular thing to say I think but I'm quite glad that Boris Johnson has has taken on prime minister and I'm quite glad that he's saying no we're just you know enough's enough this needs to happen. We've dillied and dallied and not done the deal and we've not worked it out. And yes, there are problems, but we can't keep extending and extending and extending. So we're going out at the end of the month. Mm. Um, so I I hope that he has the courage of his convictions to, to see that through and that I don't want us to leave the EU without a deal, but I want us to leave the EU. I want it to be done. I want it to be finished. I want it to be dealt with. And it's it's clear to me that <laughs> there is no deal. <laughs> you know, we, we don't have a deal. They've been trying to get a deal. It's not happening. So there's just no deal. So we, we kind of just need to accept that and do... And do the uh, no deal thing because... And do the no deal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise we're just, we're just putting it off and putting it off. And I don't know that that's going to improve the situation. So you've mentioned a few times that you... Sorry, someone was going to ask a question. Um, no, I was just going to jump in and uh, and say that I think no deal is a misnomer. Um, when we come out, there will be a deal. It'll be under WTO rules, and we will be obliged to to uh, to follow those. Um, there, you know, there's. We would have to make sure that any trade agreements we make with one country would have to be exactly the same with any any other country, uh, unless we had a, a negotiated agreement with them. So, um, you know, the deal is it's not no deal. There's WTO rules that WTO rules that we need to stick by. Um, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I, I just wanted to jump in and say. And, right. But uh, I mean, that's that, kind of always. It it feels Sorry, like that doesn't really change what you're. Is it fair to no. say that your response, Gareth, is it feels a little bit emotional? Like f all of this. Now we said we were going to do it. We're going to do it. Is it emotional or? Um, it it is a little bit, yeah. It, but it's um, it's still what you want. What you actually want. It's it's what. It's what the vast majority, or more than fifty percent of the country, voted for, and I know it was by a slim margin, but but it was still, you know, and that's right, right. that's the way voting works. It's more than fifty percent, then you know that's done. Mm. Um, and the, there's an argument that people were lied to, were misinformed, were, were were you know were given bad information. There's all of that side of things. You, you don't think that's the case? Not. I think that. It's really, really difficult to trust most media outlets. Everybody's got an angle. You're never actually getting raw facts. And, and we get, you know, things like this whole Boris writing things on the side of a bus thing. You know, that's been twisted to be Boris Johnson lied. But actually, if you go back and look at look at the photos of the bus, it doesn't say we're going to give whatever it was, uh, you know, millions of pounds to the NHS. It just says this much money goes to Europe. It could go elsewhere. It could, I forget the exact wording, but it, it did, you know, it definitely wasn't 
we will give this money to. So there's there's a lot of propaganda. There's a lot of there's a lot of BS. There's a lot of you don't stuff think flying around. Sorry, let let me uh, uh, call you out on this. You don't think it's disingenuous yeah. though to say we give 350 million pounds to the EU. It could go to the NHS. You don't think it feels like it's very possible and easy? Just like, you know, uh, uh, the, the premise of the vote saying, we'll ask you, which was one of your uh, issues with it, with that, we'll ask you. And if you say no, it, it, you imply that it's going to be easy and it's going to happen to leave. Uh, sorry, if you say yes, we want to leave, we imply it's going to be easy and we're going to do it. That's disingenuous. It was when asking the question, saying 350 million pounds go to the EU. Couldn't we give it to the NHS? And then it doesn't, it, you know, we realize it's not going to happen. And it's one of, you know, many uh, um, arguments that are being made in favor of leaving the EU. You don't think that's at least disingenuous? It creates a perception that is not factual? It, it is disingenuous, but it's sort of, it's, it's what appears to be politics. It, it, you mm. know, politicians and lawyers uh, you know end up end up in the same sort of basket in my opinion most of the time which is that that they speak lots and lots of non-truths without necessarily lying so it, it's it's what both sides of of the situation are doing mm. um saying saying things as you say that that imply something but without actually saying it mm. and yes it's disingenuous but it's also he didn't lie Right. Okay. He, it it was. You know what I mean? So yeah, mm. it's it's what everybody's doing. So either call everybody out for being disingenuous and for and for making implications that weren't true, or leave it alone. You know, we, we need to be even-handed with this sort of stuff. Um, it feels like there's a little bit of what I I sense from the U.S. as well, which is well, everyone's shit. So we're he's not worse than the others, and it's kind of. But ultimately, this is what we wanted. This is what we voted for. So pushing away the circumstances a little bit. Um, yeah, you, you know, you, you can't you can't take this sort of thing completely in isolation. But mm. I think, and, and it's it is too simplistic just to say that's what we voted for. That's what needs to happen. But in the same breath, that is what we voted for. Can, <laughs> no, I, mean, can, I think that's fair. Yeah. Can, Can I can I jump in uh, here very quickly because because again um, Gareth has said uh, you know that 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 this is what we voted for and I'm a bit I don't necessarily know if that's true um, during the EU referendum um, people like Dominic Raab uh, who is very pro no deal now and wants that said oh getting a deal will be easy uh, there's no chance we'll get no deal we will we will be better off afterwards because of it and um, whether well, that's still will, that's still a both. possibility just to go it, in it, j j very quickly to remind people sorry bruce but mm -hmm. the the ultimate goal which i think is still in the conversation and defensible and gets lost in this conversation when we talk about what happened and what the ultimate goal is that People who are for Brexit don't think we want to mess everything up. They have the idea that ultimately being out of the EU will be more beneficial to the UK from a you know economics, polit you know uh, um, immigration. Every point of view will be more beneficial to the UK because they will have more autonomy than being in the EU. And I think saying we'll be better off 
we don't honest as much as I think it's not the case, we don't know. It might be a very yeah. tough time to go through for a few years, and then they will be better off. You will but, be better but, off. But but I think the the key here, Patrick uh, and Gareth, is that there were promises made, and yes, both sides and 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 all that. Although I disagree with that, I think the Leave side were 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 much worse in the in the lies that were told. And you know we we can't forget Cambridge Analytica here, who who were um, who have been found to have manipulated the referendum, and actually the referendum has been deemed. Uh, illegal the only reason it stands is because it was it was set up as a what's the word a, a, advisory a, a, advisory referendum so uh, you know if if it had been binding the law would have come in and said actually this is illegal you you can't follow through with it so that's that's an interesting thing well, but one I, thing i, I, I don't want to mm. sorry i don't want to again defend Gareth in, in my voice too much, but yeah. no, please carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Cambridge Analytica. I think this was a problem in Brexit in the US election. Maybe, but we don't know. It was no. well, I, we I know there was a court don't. case about that. We do know, Patrick. No, 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 was, no. We it know actually... it was used, but we don't know that people were influenced in a way that twisted what they their deep emotional desire was into voting for something else. We don't know okay. what the effect okay, was but, uh, in actuality. The, the, the margin was 2%, which is extremely tight. So it's always small two. things matter. And this whole democracy argument is one I definitely feel very strongly about. Like, what Britain voted on all those years ago was a vague notion of what might be possible in negotiations with Europe, which was the kindest thing I will say, rose-tinted. Mm. The promises made were extremely optimistic and probably not realistic. What's happened now is many years of negotiation. Today, it, everyone in Britain has a much better idea of what is possible and what is not possible to leave Britain. If, if it was, this was about actual democracy, there would be no doubt that the only option is a return to the people. And I would say the, the only way to do it fairly is actually as, as a, a multi-choice mm -hmm. poll where you end up with a runoff between the most popular mm -hmm. two options. So... Okay. No let, deal Brexit. Um, no deal Brexit. Theresa May's deal, or we stay, and then you run that as three votes, and then whichever of those two get the highest, you run again, and you make people choose fifty-fifty <laughs> because otherwise it's yeah, not fair. And, otherwise and you, you have might, two yeses and a no, right? And you might end up with no deal, and we stay again with uh, no deal, leave, and that wins, and then you're back in the same situation. Well, well, no, Maybe. you're not. I'll, but you're not. You're not, Patrick. There's no way to come out of that vote without knowing what to do. And at that stage, mm -hmm. everyone has had a genuine say in something I'm, that is, you know, that is that is real. Like it, it's what not I'm abstract saying is, anymore. you it's might real. end up in the same situation. Yes, it might seem more real, but yeah, that's that's fair. I understand. I'll go back to Bruce because I very mm. rudely interrupted him, and then we'll go back to Gareth because we've been talking amongst ourselves Sorry, yeah. about <laughs> questions. Right. Um, um, yeah, ahead, uh, don't worry, uh, Patrick, I'm used to being interrupted by you. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the 50, I, I can't what, say it's not true. I, I have I have two issues with the with with the call of democracy and, and the 52%. One is this is a major constitutional change, major change in the country. And um, when I grew up, uh, I, I think Bart's mentioned this before, when I grew up in Zimbabwe, any changes to the constitution, any changes that change the fundamental laws of the country need to have a supermajority, and that's 75%. 
if if it's being asked for. So, you know, I, I always if 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 leave it one by seventy five percent, I would be saying right. It's you know we do whatever. The other thing is let's let's forget everything. Um, we said, let's say that um, everything was fine and legal and it was a fair vote. What people voted for, 52%, and this is exactly what Bart was saying, is you cannot say, and, and Gareth, I, I will challenge you on this, you cannot say that all of those 52% voted for a no deal. It's it's just, it's not what everyone wanted. And, and this is from... Uh, it, 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 okay, I won't say that. What I'll say is that it cannot be proven that that is what everyone wanted. Getting out of the EU means something very different for a lot of people. Um, and I think what what Bart has just said is is exactly what needs to happen. We need to send it back to the people. We need this needs to be. We have three firm options now. We mm -hmm. need to put those if, back and say this is what, what it is. And if the option comes back as we want to exit even with no deal with a 52% margin, will you accept it then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That okay. sounds like a very... Patrick, at, the, at this yes, stage, right. when you're voting on something so concrete, it's so different to what mm. happened all those years ago. Like it, it's at this stage... It, everyone knows what the options are. Okay. Like, it, it's not abstract anymore. It's really bloody real. <laughs> all right, yeah, Gareth, think, all know, of this I... seems, yeah, all of these, this seems relatively reasonable, but I, I guess you might have a different view on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do the devil's advocate thing. No, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really not. I, I, I agree with pretty much everything that, that's been said. Um, I, I think that it would be, it would be really, really sensible if we were having major changes to the way the, the country works that it should need to be a larger majority. You know, it, it does seem ridiculous that half can, can of the Can I ask you a question on that? Right. Yeah, so because the United Kingdom is like a composite country, it's a country of countries, the supermajority is, is, is a thing many countries do. But the other thing that always struck me as weird is that there wasn't a catch, uh, you know, a, a, a condition, a rider saying, and every region must agree with the same outcome before mm. we commit all the regions to go. It, it just seems like if you're a country of countries, everyone should have voted yes for it to be a yes. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. Gareth, I, I want you to, <laughs> <laughs> to actually go through your, your thoughts um, on no, no, so, Well, uh, I mean, that, that's, that's sort of part of the same thing, I guess. So, y yes, I, you know, that all seems perfectly reasonable and perfectly sensible. The, the only, the, the but, um, and the, you know, the devil's advocate bit, is that's not the law currently. That's not, you know that's not the way that we are set up currently so mm. whether or not the government should have given us the choice is sort of irrelevant they did mm. and vote was made and it was more than 50 percent and the fact that scotland as a whole voted to remain and i don't know what wales did um and it was it was you know the uk it was england that voted to leave Again, I think it's important, but it doesn't change the fact that at the time the decision was made, that wasn't part of the uh, part of the rules. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, so it probably ought to be changed. You know, we Can... probably be looking at this situation and saying, right, but, you know, we need some takeaways from this. What what did what went wrong during Brexit? What can we do to fix? The, the the law in the UK, the law in England, the law <laughs> the law in Great Britain. Um, you know, to make this sort of situation not happen again. But still, for now, you're thinking, well, but that's what we have now, so we should Brexit. Y yeah. 
because that you know because that is the the law may have been wrong but it was the law at the time you know you 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 sit driving on driving on roads and the speed limit's 40 miles an hour and you're sat there thinking well this is a really long straight road and there's no houses and there's no street lights and you know it ought to be 60 so i'm going to do 60 it's still 40 Hmm. Right, but if you're going to um, be legalistic about it, it was an advisory referendum. So actually, the law said Parliament can do whatever it wanted. <laughs> yeah, like legally I, I, speaking, the actual law is Parliament can do whatever it wants. I'll, I'll, I'll um, just go back to that speeding uh, analogy. Uh, we, I live on an estate where there's a, un, it's not a legal requirement, but we have a thing called twenty is plenty on the estate. So people actually can legally go, uh, I think, thirty miles an hour. Um, but the the agreement is that okay we we actually want everyone to go twenty so yes there can be laws and and the referendum was run as advisory it was never it it became law when Theresa May re- registered Article fifty but it wasn't it wasn't a legally binding contract it was just something that said this is what the people think should happen let's send it back to our uh, Parliament. Uh, let's send it back to the people we trust to make decisions, uh, to to then unpick it and uh, and make the sensible choice for the country. Well, and I think this is where we have the problem. We, we keep uh, talking about politicians. We keep talking about sensible stuff, and and the law was mm-hmm. this or that. I think I see the argument. You know, I understand you need to respect the law. I think what what Bruce and to an extent Bart are saying. Well, if the road rules laws tell you you have to drive at 50 into that wall then you know maybe start stop and think about what you're doing even though the law but that's a dangerous intellectual road to go down to drive into the wall at 50 i i guess it doesn't um but i i would like to to talk about the intentions just for a, a second because we get mired into um the the minutiae of all of this and go back to Gareth and ask, ultimately, do you still believe that the UK will be better off as independent from the EU? I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, that's disappointing. I was hoping you would say, well, yes, and that's why I wanted to leave, because then it kind of justifies... the, the, the Legally, it's justifiable with some, you know... Uh, um, uh, uh, wiggling, and and then the end. If you believe that this is uh, beneficial, then you can justify the whole thing. But if you're saying I don't know, I'm disappointed because you're kind of holding to uh, the letter of it, but you don't know if it's going to be if it's going to be beneficial. So, yeah, I I think I think it will be beneficial the, mm. the, you know the honest answer is that I, I am still in a position where i think that that it will be beneficial long term and I, I think that that's part of the problem is that it needs to be a a long-term view um and i just don't believe that we know mm. and that's part of the problem you know there's mm. lots of there's, there's lots and lots of lots and lots of information all over the place uh, and if you you know if you Google the right thing, you can get the answer that you want to pretty much any question. Um, the the only way we're actually going to know is if it happens, um, and it might. The, the other thing is that there are different definitions of better. 
um, you know, or beneficial. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's it, fundamental, right? We all have our own values. Therefore, mm, what's yeah. better for you isn't better for me. And that's why we can come to the sa- different opinions from the same facts, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so it might not necessarily be directly um, financially <laughs> better. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, all right. Yeah. Gareth, I just, I just want to, I just want to say, I think it's, I think it's, it's commendable that you will first of all come on the show and 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 have us uh, have a go at, at it, but also that that you're honest enough to say that you don't know, you know. Um, I think there's a, I think there is, I, I don't think people who voted leave are bad people. It's, it's exactly what you said. I think that there were different views and different things that were made. And, and there is a, there is a meaning and a respect behind the United Kingdom that a lot of leave voters have, you know, they want something that is theirs and there's an identity that's been lost over the years. So I don't think people who voted leave were, even if they were lied to, even if they weren't lied to, they would have probably made the same choice. Um, so, so yeah, it it was nice. It it was nice to hear you say I don't know because, mm. you know what? That's honesty, um, and and that's what we need more of. Um, yeah, and that's that's the majority. Of what I think is is missing, you know, particularly yeah. in, in in politics. You know, you get people people interviewed and they give waffling long answers without actually answering the question because yeah. what they should have said was. Uh, I've got to be honest. I don't really know. I'll have to look that up. Or, mm. you know, can I come back to you on that? Or, or well, my party's opinion is this, but personally, I think the other. Um, <laughs> and there's, yeah. you know, more, more honesty would definitely help situations like this. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. If only things were like that. Um, I, <laughs> I do. We're we're closing. Uh, we're getting close to the end of this episode. But fear not, there will be another one in a month, and we'll see what happens um but of course i want to hear from the irish uh on on i guess the same oh sorry gareth how likely do you think it is that it will actually happen at the end of the month i can't remember if i asked you uh you did not i hope that it does happen but i suspect it will not okay fair uh bart uh, hmm. How do the Irish see all of this? You touched on it at the beginning of the show, but uh, let's talk about it We're a little concerned. bit more. So mm. yesterday was our budget day. So our Minister for Finance had to unveil the budget for 2020 yesterday. And his only choice was to unveil an extremely conservative budget. Um, he basically created his budget on the assumption that there will be a crash out Brexit and there will be economic chaos. Therefore, all of the promised tax reductions and all of the promised nice things that the government wanted to do have all been put on hold. The The biggest things we're getting in the budget is a carbon tax. Yay! <laughs> um, so basically, Ireland is already on pause. Mm. Um, so at st- I, I don't think Ireland's yet at the... St- the Irish aren't yet at the stage where they're thinking, oh, sod it, just crash out already. But I don't think we're a million miles away from getting there. It's like this dragging on means that no one is investing, right? If your uncertainty is can actually be worse than a bad than a known bad outcome, because you can plan for a known bad outcome, mm-hmm. but you can't plan for uncertainty. And we've now had so many years of uncertainty where every major decision in Europe has been put on pause. Every major decision in Ireland is put on pause. And from Ireland's point of view, 
Major decisions by large multinationals are put on pause and we depend heavily on large multinationals. We need we need certainty. We need to know what the sudden hell is going on. I, I, and just, so, I think that's a really, really eloquent way of stating my current frame of mind, actually. I think you've just summed up my, my opinion perfectly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the biggest concern here, though, is everyone, everyone, it's always at the back of everyone's mind. We all remember Northern Ireland when there were every morning we would turn on the news and someone would have been shot or blown up. I lived 10 miles from that border for most of my life. It, the thoughts of there being checkpoints coming back up on that border is horrifying. And the thoughts of the Good Friday Agreement being thrown in the bin, the Good Friday Agreement is like this watershed moment in my life. There is nothing but bad news, bad news, bad news until my mid-teens when Good Friday was passed. And then there was this flick of optimism. And while Northern Ireland is anywhere from nowhere near a utopia, like so many miles away from a utopia, they're not shooting each other every day. They're not blowing each other up every day. There, the, you know, there are all Ireland bodies working together in this bizarre situation where you have two people sharing a physical part of the world with very different views on which country they should belong to. And it's very difficult for that to work out. And the problem is there's no geographic spread. So you couldn't partition Northern Ireland and say, well, everyone in this part agrees with Ireland. So why don't we just split them off? It's completely mixed. Yeah. And so we, there has to be a hybrid. And we, without we, a deal, how do you hybridize? That's the thing. We we don't even we didn't even really talk about the real reason why I feel the, the main reason why the, the deal couldn't be reached. It's because it's impossible to solve the Irish situation in a satisfactory way. It's just impossible. It cannot it's not happen. Impossible. No, it's but, not impossible, Patrick. There are there are possible solutions. The okay. reason it's so difficult is because it's a tail wagging a dog. Boris Johnson has a minority government and his he needs or he needed right now it, with 20 people thrown out of his party. I don't know what to describe Boris Johnson's government as. But until everything went off the rails, Boris Johnson needed the votes of the Democratic Unionist Party. So the DUP had a veto in everything going on here. Because the obvious answer is that you put a border down the Irish Sea for customs, not on the land surface of Ireland. And Northern Ireland gets a special status where it remains aligned with Europe. So not in Europe, but aligned with Europe in a regulatory way so that you can have this free flow of goods. But the DUP being so strongly unionist, probably more strongly unionist than definitely than the Scots, and probably more so than even you know than the Welsh, they really, 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 really cannot tolerate the concept of Northern Ireland being different. Mm. And they had a veto. And that's the stopping block. That's why nothing can move. Did the parliament end up going on, on a break as he wanted it to happen over, over a few weeks? Okay, I'm not English or British, excuse me. Um, So let let me say that my understanding is that Boris Johnson prorogued Parliament. It was appealed to the courts. The court said that was an illegal move and the court ruling is explicit. Parliament has not been prorogued. So Parliament hit undo, control Z. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay, and still it didn't fix things. Um, All right, so I guess my last question is to Bart. Uh, do you think it's going to happen? I'm prepared. <laughs> I, I genuinely have a one euro coin from Luxembourg, which is what was randomly in my wallet. <laughs> I say leave. <laughs> 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 
Uh, well, I guess we'll have the answer in a few weeks and um, we'll be back to talk about all of this uh, regardless of what happens. I think we, we looked back a little bit more than we did looking at the current situation because, of course, we uh, this is the never-ending story. I wonder if it will end by next month or if it will um, be repeated again. Um, before we leave, uh, uh, last couple of words to each of you. Bruce, anything you want to say before we close off the show? Oh, you're muted. Maybe in te- maybe that's what he wants to say is nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. No, I, I, did, I just said I don't, uh, I've got nothing more. I think, yeah, there's so much to say and yet it, it yeah. all means nothing in the end. So ah, the exhaustion, I think, is is I think is you know what even everyone I, feels. We're all exhausted with it. Mm. Absolutely, Gareth. Anything you want to say? Uh, I think yeah, put beautifully summed up. But but yeah, indecision is causing so mm. many problems mm. that just getting it done, even if it is not the best solution right here and right now. I wonder if it, I wonder if you would even be okay with actually deciding firmly that the UK is staying if you would be like okay fine whatever just let it Yeah be I just I just uh, yes but okay. I don't know what that mechanism would look like <laughs> right uh, right right you know, but by in, the time somebody made the decision to do that and then we'd worked out how we were going to do that and then we'd done that then you know, we'd be months and months and months, mm. if not years, down the line again. No, but and- I'm just saying, in theory, in theory, if it was like a magical wand, wand, and you would be like, boom, everything, nope, nothing changes, we stay in the EU, that's it, goodbye, thanks. Then that would be better than the situation we're in currently. Fair enough, mm. Bart. Last words uh, from you. I, I am going to paraphrase Richard Richard Feynman. Um, <laughs> anyone who thinks they understand Brexit doesn't understand Brexit. all right where can people find you on the internet bart you can find me and everything i do at bartb.ie bartb.ie gareth no i'm not gonna go to oh who had a phone (laughs) ringing whom i'm not gonna go to sorry Uh, that was that was so you could go to me because i don't have a phone that's ringing excellent Um, so uh, at Gareth Westwood on Twitter, um, uh, yeah, that's 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 where you'll find me. The link will be in the show notes. And Bruce, what about you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Bruce Woodward three. Uh, I was the third Bruce Woodward, uh, <laughs> and uh, and otherwise you'll find me um, uh, brooding. No, no brooding and <laughs> writing meaningless reports uh, for a council in Scotland. So there we go. All right. <laughs> uh, well, I hope that things are better in a month, but we'll see. I'm Patrick Beja at uh, I'm not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This show is at FrenchSpin.com. You can comment over there and see other shows. And we'll be back uh, in a few weeks, maybe. The end of the month is a little bit crazy for me, so we'll see if I can do a regular episode. But hopefully we'll have time to do uh, the Brexit Saga episode two next month. If things haven't happened, then it might be a very similar episode to this one, but we'll see what happens. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. In a few weeks. Bye. (laughs) 